Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. And Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Word of God, word of life. Uh, you may be. God's grace and peace in Jesus. Amen. I want to share with you that I have been away from church this week. My mom, who has been on hospice for over a year, is in her final days on earth, and my siblings and I have been soaking up all her love as we continue to wait and trust, although this is a lot easier said than done, isn't it? I know you know this because you have walked this path of death too. And so I'm glad to be with you and to be a community together because none of us come to church as our best selves. We can only come as we are. And I need to tell you today that my body can't fake it. I'm weary and I'm reminded that faith can be so fragile in suffering and still we come because God promises to be made known in suffering and death, to meet us there as we wait. 
and to nourish us and connect us together. And as much as I have really tried this week, I couldn't write a sermon. And I realized this preacher needs a word today, a word that will come and soak in my bones and our bones together as a community. And so I found a quite powerful word from another preacher, Barbara Brown Taylor, on this text. And Taylor is a preacher of preachers. And I trust in this living word today and how it will speak. Barbara writes, once upon a time, there was a woman who set out to discover the meaning of life. First, she read everything she could get her hands on, history, philosophy, psychology, and religion. And while she became a very smart person, nothing she read gave her the answer she was looking for. She found other smart people and asked them about the meaning of life, but while their discussions were long and lively, no two of them agreed on the same thing. And still, she had no answer. Finally, she put all of her belongings in storage and set off in search of the meaning of life. She went to South America. She went to India. Everywhere she went, people told her they did not know the meaning of life, but they had heard of a man who did. Only, they weren't quite sure where he lived. She asked about him in every country on earth until finally, deep in the Himalayas, someone told her how to reach his house. A tiny little hut perched on the side of a mountain just below the tree line. She climbed and climbed to reach the front door, and when she finally got there, with knuckles so cold they hardly worked, she knocked. Yes? The kind-looking old man who opened it said, she thought she would die of happiness. I have come halfway around the world to ask you one question, she said, gasping for breath. What is the meaning of life? Please come in and have some tea, the old man said. No, she said, I mean, no thank you. I didn't come all this way for tea. I came for an answer. Won't you tell me, please? What is the meaning of life? We shall have tea, the old man said. So she gave up and came inside, and while he was brewing the tea, she caught her breath and began telling him all about the books she had read, all the people she had met, all the places she had been. The old man listened, which was as well since his visitor did not leave any room for him to reply. And as she talked, he placed a fragile teacup in her hand and began to pour the tea. She was so busy talking that she did not notice when the teacup was full. So the man just kept pouring until the tea ran over the sides of the cup and spilled to the floor in a steaming waterfall. What are you doing, she yelled when the tea burned her hand. It's full, can't you see that? Stop, there is no more room. Just so, 
The old man said to her, you come here wanting something from me, but what am I to do? There's no more room in your cup. Come back when it is empty, and then we will talk. Meanwhile, several thousands of miles to the west, the ruler of the Jews named Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. These two dispensed with a tea ritual, but the outcome was the same. Nicodemus came looking for answers, and Jesus would not cooperate. He poured tea all over his visitors' hands and said in effect that Nicodemus already had gallons of answers available to him. What he needed was one drop of experience, one moment of new birth, and he could leave all his answers lying in a puddle on the floor. When Nicodemus protested that he didn't know what Jesus was talking about, Jesus said, If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? Part of the problem, I think, was the difference between what Jesus meant when he said believe and what Nicodemus meant by the same word. On one level, to believe someone means simply to accept what that person says as true, usually on the basis of some kind of evidence. Someone shows you a picture of himself climbing a rock face of a mountain, tells you it can be done, and you say, I believe you. You accept the proposition. You give the intellectual assent but you do not interfere with the way you live your life because it's all in your head. There is another level of belief that is much more visceral. Instead of showing you the pictures, someone invites you to go rock climbing with him. And as he checks the knots on your harness and runs your safety line through the carabiner around his own waist, he assures you that everything will be all right. The proper response at that point is not, I believe you, but I believe in you. Because you are way past anything like intellectual assent. You have set yourself in relationship with this person, and you are trusting him with your life. Nicodemus was halfway there. He came by night to interview the new teacher in town. He knew he was good. He had checked his references, but he wanted more information. He wanted to see the accident reports, check the insurance coverage. He wanted to handle the equipment, maybe to try it on for size. He wanted the teacher to say something that would take away his doubts and make it easy for him to say yes, but the teacher would not cooperate. Believe in me. That was Jesus' dare to Nicodemus. Turn your cup upside down. Turn your mind inside out. Step into the air, ride the wind, be born anew and live. How can this 
be. Those are Nicodemus' last words in this passage, which makes him sort of a patron saint for all of us who get stuck on the foot of the mountain looking up without the faintest idea of how to begin. Here is how Jesus says, Watch me. Put your hand here. Now bring up your foot. Don't think about it too hard. Just do as I do. Believe me. Believe in me. And when we get to the top, we will have some tea. This Lent, Mount Olivet, maybe it's not the time to do one more thing, to search for the answers or to know the timing, but to empty our cup, to let go of figuring it out and let the spirit of new birth come to help us see and believe. Amen.